there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or 10 minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career double shot K-Cup with my guest, Sid Ballman. Well, before we touch on your career as a journalist, I want to go back to that trip that you and your buddy made around the world. And in particular, maybe something that you took away from that experience of a year and a half of looking for the best climbing, surfing or paddling and parties that you could have. You and I chatted before this interview began, and you said that you worked for six months as a waiter at TGIFs, which for those of you who may not know what it is, thank God it's Friday, one of those chain restaurants, to save up the money to go. What would you say to our listeners, Sid, if you had to make a pitch as to why they should consider doing something like that, waitering and then traveling or however they decide to earn the money? What difference that experience made to you in your life? It made all the difference in my life, as I think I've described throughout the interview. And I think I would say a couple of things. Firstly, for your listeners, life has become so accelerated now. It seems through the social media brands and presences we see from our friends and celebrities or pseudo celebrities that People are successful so quickly and everything they do is successful. And here's this one's wedding and Martha's Vineyard. Here's this one's fabulous puppy and fabulous job. And life is not really like that. So what a trip like that does. And when I took that trip, there was no worldwide web. As a matter of fact, in that year and a half, I spoke to my parents twice. Hmm. And I can't imagine my kids going off to some of the places I did and only speaking to them twice. And I was able to get mail twice, one at the post office in Bangkok, the other at the post office in Rome. Hmm. You're really out of touch. You really find out the person you are when those in authority are not watching. And that's important. Really a chance to grow. So that's one thing. The second thing is, in my experience, There's kind of two general types of people as they look at careers in life. Those who are afraid of failure and those who are pursuing success. Many times they will end up in the same place. It's just a very different path, a very different psychology. I was not motivated by fear of failure, but I was really motivated in pursuing success and willing to fail. And I would say just one other thing, kind of general advice, is to look at chance and luck. And I heard this on a podcast a while back, and it really hit home for me. People always talk about getting lucky, like this guy on Jeopardy, who just set the record for money one. But you will not have the opportunity to experience luck unless you take a chance. Those who don't take chances don't know what it means to be lucky. So 
don't be afraid to take a chance. Know that you will fail. I had, believe me, plenty of failures, plenty of low moments. Me too. But I also had, <laughs> I also had some lucky moments. And one little example, I had a good job in journalism here in Washington. And this was about the time of the first Gulf War, and I wanted to cover the war. That was my Stephen Crane and Ernest Hemingway and so on. And the organization I was working for, for some practical reasons, primarily insurance reasons, didn't want to send reporters to cover the war. So I left that company, took a big chance, and got taken on as a stringer by Time Magazine and also by my existing company and went over to cover the Iraq War, first Iraq War. As fate would have it, I ended up striking up a strong relationship and lifelong friendship with a man named Frank Chongas, who went on to become the Washington bureau chief of United Press International. He had been the diplomatic and national security correspondent. And after the war, he called me up at the age of 28, 29 and said, hey, you want my old job? The dream job, the job I thought that I would end my journalism career in a la Tom Friedman or Peter Jennings or this one or that one or Andrea Koppel for that. Oh, please. (laughs) And there it was. I took a big chance and just got lucky. It wasn't calculating. It wasn't angst ridden. It just happened. So that's really what I would say. Some lessons. uh, Just one last thing. I just finished Walter Isaacson's book about Leonardo da Vinci. I don't really think of myself as a hyper-intellectual person, but this is a book that I learned a lot. And what I really learned was that Leonardo da Vinci, leaving aside The Last Supper and the Mona Lisa, some of the most monumental works of art in the history of the world, was a great generalist. He was an engineer. He was an anatomist. He was a weapons designer. He designed rounded castles so that cannonballs would bounce off instead of impact. He studied water, and he came up with a theory in the 1500s based on his study of eddies and currents and hydraulics of how heart valves worked, why one opened and one closed at the same time. Up until the 1990s, actually, the book is to be believed, and I think it is, Walter Isaacson's fabulous journalist, it was thought that it was an electrical kind of activity when, in fact, it was the function of water flow so that the heart valves opened and closed consecutively. Very interesting. So he never was a huge success during his lifetime. As a matter of fact, he carried the Mona Lisa around with him almost till his death, adding a brushstroke here, a brushstroke there. And he did okay, but he enjoyed himself. He had many friends, many acquaintances. He kind of bounced a little bit from one commission to the next, but led a good life, a full life, and a happy life, and was a genius, pure genius, that wasn't realized until years later. But if he had not indulged his interests and his passions, the world would have been far worse off for it. And so the takeaway from the Leonardo da Vinci life story is kind of follow your interests? Follow your interests, follow your passions, to the degree we all have to be practical in life too. But follow your passions, follow your interests, and stick with it. Stay focused. In my experience, it's the people that stick with whatever it is that drives them for the long run. Life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. I mean, even now, at my age, at my advanced age, I have launched this new career as a writer, and I couldn't be happier about it. 
Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.